The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. This is the Wednesday edition of On the Line. What? Nothing. Go ahead, Jake. <laughs> it's your birthday, man. That's what. Go ahead. <laughs> well, Sorry we, to interrupt. We're good. We got a lot. I thought something was going on. Maybe there is. Maybe there's not. We got a lot to talk about on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, <laughs> the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He's Uncle T-Bone with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. Hope you're all doing well on this Wednesday. Had a great show yesterday. Krishna Clemente from Auburn 247 was in for the entire first hour. Uh, we talked a lot of recruiting yesterday, and we've had news since then, since Christian came on the show, uh, but if you missed that, you can find that. Double D, Daryl Dapperts joined us yesterday as well. Had tons of great things to talk about with him, uh, but today is going to be a busy show. Uh, we'll have Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. We've got a ton of basketball to talk about, more football news to get to as well, but happy Wednesday, Uncle T-Bone. Hope you're doing well. Oh, I am doing very well. Give us a call at 334-321-1390 here at On the Line, the show that calls it like it is, Jacob, and holds nothing back. Happy birthday, my friend. Thank you, thank you. for another trip around the sun. Yes, thank I you. I hope that everyone around the station has been spoiling you. Uh, they like have, they, they have. should, and you said it. We got a ton of talk about Auburn at Alabama tonight in basketball. Got our good friend and caller K-Bag heading up to Tuscaloosa. Maybe we can get a live report from the Strip. I am sure he is pre-gaming if I know K-Bag very well. Oh, like I yeah. Do. Ryan Williams saga, the recruiting of Ryan Williams out of Mobile. Uh, it's kind of heating up and really and truly it's tilting towards nothing more than an old-fashioned old Alabama versus Iron recruiting battle, Auburn recruiting battle out of Mobile. Going to have some news there. Auburn hires uh, Will Redman away from LSU. Huge. Coup what they're saying in college football. Apparently he uh, is the uh, mastermind of rosters in the Southeastern Conference, and uh, boy, oh boy, it's getting really complicated to keep up with everything. So good hire there. He was at LSU. He was helping Brian Kelly put together a pretty good roster over the last couple of years. And uh, golly, what else? I mean, I think the thing that shocked me the most is I was extremely busy yesterday. I worked very late into the evening yesterday on the day job. I was so tired that I forgot there was SEC basketball last night. And about five minutes ago, I was catching up, and I saw that Kentucky got beat by South Carolina. Yeah. Are you kidding? They didn't just get beat. They, they got, got beat. Stomped. They got beat last night. That South Carolina team, I've been telling you, man, they're good. They're a good South Carolina team. People need to watch out for the Gamecocks. Yeah, I think they're really good when they're on, and then they kind of – I mean, Alabama took this South Carolina team to the woodshed. Mm-hmm. And, so, and that's a Kentucky team at full strength now. Hey, man, that's a Kentucky team that I've been saying – is uh, a team to watch out to go all the way. Mm. And I'm still going to say that because funny things happen in a season, but 
79 to 62. That's it. John Calipari is probably still running those Wildcats. <laughs> they ran on the plane, off the plane, everything. <laughs> Goodness gracious. What a beatdown that is. So only two games last night. The other one, Texas A&M, taking care of business against Missouri. That was an ugly game. Oh. That just looks like that one. It I'm was. I'm glad I missed it. I watched it. it was, I'm, I'm, I wasted two hours of my – I watched other games and <laughs> did other things, but that was right. a waste of time. I ain't going to lie to you. But, no, you're right. Tons to get Tons. to on the show. You hit all the, the, the rapid-fire highlights. We're going to dig into all of that on the show today i appreciate the uh the birthday wishes yes 20 uh 20 something now i'm maybe not give it all away but 20 something now and i'm very very thankful uh for everything that i have everything i have and and have been able to do and and for you uncle t-bone and for my listeners and this show i mean it's just been a true honor and so another trip another uh another year of life and thanking god for that each and every day but give us a call we'd love to hear from you on this wednesday afternoon 334-321-1390 all those things and more that you'd like to talk about your thoughts opinions questions comments concerns what's on your mind on this wednesday afternoon give us a call 334-321-1390 and yeah i want to start i'm going to start with the auburn football hire today okay because i don't think under i don't think people truly understand the ones that know know but the ones that don't know don't understand how big of a hire this was for Hugh Freeze and this staff. They have hired a new general manager for football is what they just did. And they took one of the most important staffers from LSU and Brian Kelly and one of the most influential staffers in all of college football out of Baton Rouge, he's now going to be on the Plains. This cannot be understated how huge of a hire and potentially how big this could be for Auburn moving forward. Yeah, according, he's still up on the LSU website, uh, lsusports.net. According to LSU folks, Mr. Redman had joined the LSU staff in 2021, serving as Director of Player Personnel for the Bayou Bengals, and he is charged with maintaining LSU's recruiting board, identifying players from across the country as potential prospects. He also oversaw prospect evaluations and monitoring prospects throughout the year. (coughs) Transfer portal, guys. So, I mean, and and now they're kind of everyone saying, I don't know what the official title at Auburn is. I kind of got a giggle when I first saw the uh, headline because if you'll recall, there was a, a Will Redman that played uh, football at Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. And uh, during the Cam Newton debacle, uh, i.e. the investigations and all the rumor-mongering that Mississippi State did about Auburn, he was – Auburn was cleared by the NCAA, and they actually got in trouble for recruiting Will Redman away from Georgia. Mississippi State did out of the state of Georgia. And uh, so I had to do a double-check to see if that was him. I was going to be like, look – I mean, that guy obviously would have known how to get players, right? <laughs> but, no, this is a different Will Redman. Um, by all accounts, everyone uh, has said that this is just a massive steal for Auburn. Very well thought of in the college football circles where people know uh, athletic directors and people that are associated with the program outside of your regular coaching staff or player personnel. I think that's becoming more and more and more important as the moving target of acquiring players, however you get them out of the portal, uh, identifying players who may reach out to your program who are looking to move, talking to their parents, making sure it's all done correctly, 
not getting in NCAA trouble like obviously Florida and Florida State may be right now. Hey-o. So you got to know what you're doing. By all accounts, this guy knows what he's doing. And and one thing that's really surprising me, you touched on it. Very few people knew this was going down. The regular message board Joes who are insiders and even some of the folks that work for message boards, if they knew something about it, they didn't say a word about it. And this was just came out of the blue. Now Auburn's just got to get that defensive coordinator. We're still on defense coordinator watch, and that staff will be complete. And here's the thing. For people that know me, that's exactly how I want it. I don't care if a message board, average Joe Schmo, Smith, whatever, if you think you know, you don't. And if you want to spread the word and be the first one on it, good for you. But – I said this when Hugh Freeze was hired, and I think he's done a really good job. Look, Hugh Freeze to the media in press conferences and media availability, he has been probably the most open coach I've ever worked with, right? And I have not been doing this very long, but I've heard that from folks that have been covering Auburn football for 20, 30 years, okay? And Hugh Freeze is very open. He's very honest. He is just going to tell you like it is, which is maybe why we like him so much on this show, but... He's very, very generous with his information. When that's the case with a head coach, at any level in any sport, you have to be respectful of that. And so when it comes to things like this, hires like this, player acquisition, moves being made in the program, I'm cool if it doesn't leak out until it actually happens. Because what does that benefit? It doesn't benefit anybody. Who cares if somebody on the message boards knows about it four hours before somebody else? I want it to be happening, not to have outside of, you know impact and not for others outside the program to be able to negatively make that decision or affect that decision. And so... I love this hire, and I love that, no, it was not a very popular thing that not very, very many people knew, and to give you a little insight on this guy, here's what a source at 247 Sports said about him. Said, quote, Redmond has quickly earned a reputation as one of the most organized personnel minds in the game as he's helped guide LSU to back-to-back 10-win seasons in Brian Kelly's first two years. What that quote tells me is he was a major piece to Brian Kelly being early successful at LSU. He was a major reason that LSU had double-digit wins in the first two years and back-to-back, and that's a guy that Auburn is now bringing onto their staff. Yeah, apparently Mr. Redman had a lot to do with Jaden Daniels coming over. Had from a Arizona lot to State. do with it. That just that's all you need to hear right there. And look, Jaden Daniels, uh, it took him a minute to get acclimated to the SEC with the first, you know, half of his first season. I mean, he struggled. Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of people are kind of giddy and poking fun at he and Brian Kelly, and then all of a sudden they got it together and they were a dangerous football team. That's a dangerous football program. Brian Kelly can coach. Just get him the players. Obviously, when he, being from Notre Dame, probably didn't quite have a lay of the land like, uh, oh, I don't know, Hugh Freeze would in the South. And so he gets this Will Redman to help him get players, to help him run his program right and keep it organized. Football Scoop has a lot to say about it. Uh, In their headline about the article six hours ago by John Bryce, sources Auburn executes major coup NAB's top executive, Will Redmond from LSU. First line of the sentence, Jacob, get, get, get you some of this. How's this taste? 
Hugh Freeze is making big boy moves heading into year two at Auburn. Bingo. And, you know, we've been talking about that. And I'm with you, Coach Freeze. I've met him. I've hung out with him. I got to play golf with him more than once. I've never got to play golf with a with an Auburn head coach of just about anything before. Mm-hmm. He's a dude, man. He's a nice guy. You know, he calls it like it is. You know, he's a hard worker. Now, I guarantee you that there's a part of him that you would never want to see. Oh, you better believe if it. If he got the devil in him out there on that football practice field, mm-hmm. and I bet Auburn football players would be sitting here giggling saying, I've seen it, Uncle T. I don't want any part of it. <laughs> again. Well, uh, again. But, but that's a big-time football coach. Yeah. But, you know, he kind of opens himself up because he's so honest and people take advantage of that, and the people that want to take shots at him in the media saying, you know. He's will, admitted that, too. Will, will twist his words and be like, you're not even part of the, part of the game plan, coach. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous, you know. Yeah. But – what I'm trying to get to is this, major big boy moves in year two. And I've said this a hundred times. The guy got here so late in the fall of last year, excuse me, the year before, they had to just throw anything they could up against a wall to get a staff together, get recruiting. They had like 15 days before the early signing period that year. And they just had to get through the first year right. and make the best of it they could. Could it have been better? Sure. It could have been a lot worse, folks. That roster, this program's in terrible shape. And these are the type moves that he's been making on his staff and with his support staff and will continue to make until he gets it right. And I trust in that Hugh Freeze process. Something else that sticks out to me about this hire, we're talking about Auburn football announcing that they are hiring Will Redmond from LSU today as general manager of player personnel. And, you know, for for a lot of fans, they're saying, okay, do we normally talk about somebody who's the GM of player personnel? Is this, this isn't the defensive coordinator conversation. What are we doing here, guys? This is, there's a reason we're talking about this. There's a reason we're highlighting this guy being hired and being brought onto the staff. A guy that's been credited with being a reason LSU went back-to-back 10-win seasons under Brian Kelly. And to kind of tie a bow onto all of this, what happens when a brand new head coach comes in to a new program? What happens to that current coaching staff nine times out of ten? They're gone. They're gone, right? Most of the people are gone. Coordinators, assistants, personnel people, whatever. They're mostly going to be gone. Head coach is going to come in and clean house. Look at what's happening in Tuscaloosa right now. Redmond was on LSU staff in 2021. And when Brian Kelly came in, he was one of the single-digit guys that survived and hung on and stayed around because Brian Kelly wanted him to be there. And look what he's done. LSU just went back-to-back 10-win seasons. That should tell you a lot right there. When somebody stays on on a program, when a brand new coaching staff comes in, that should tell you a lot. And with the shockwaves that a play or a hire like this, GM of player personnel, when it goes this big in the college football arena, you know something's been done. You know moves are being na- moves are being made and names are being taken. And that's exactly what Hugh Freeze and this staff are doing. I'm excited about this man, and this is. This is one of those spots in coaching hires that the position's not sexy, right? You're not gonna see, you're not gonna see a player make a big play and think, "Oh, Redmond, that's it. He's the reason that player made that play." Not necessarily, but it's just all the back end stuff, the behind the scenes things that he obviously does so well that Auburn decided they needed to go after him. And again, this staff is starting to shape out. 
And as you mentioned earlier, we're still on the defensive coordinator watch. Christian Clemente was telling us yesterday, and, and Jason Caldwell's talked about it. I'm sure he will today on the drive. We're looking at the end of this week, probably, for Auburn to to lock down a defensive coordinator. And um, yeah, there's a couple of names floating around. I think all Auburn fans kind of have their opinion. And whether it be Kiffin or whether it be DJ Durkin, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm good with either one, Uncle Tebow, and I really think I am. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure I have a preference. Um, quite honestly, at first I thought it was more of the Kiffin uh, leaning that way. To be honest with you, the more and more I sit back and think about it, I, I, I would think I'd rather have DJ Durkin. Uh, he's been in the college game for quite some time now. He's got a reputation of a heck of a recruiter. Uh, reading into what A&M did defensively despite being a – you know, a very mediocre year for what they thought it would be out in Aggie land. He did a great job out there. He did a great job at Ole Miss. So, uh, but I'm good with either. You know, look, I'm going to trust that given time and, and making the right choice, instead of just having to rush into something just to have a defensive coordinator, I'm actually kind of appreciating that they're taking their time here mm -hmm. and they're looking at options instead of like, well, let's just get a defense coordinator and let's let's just go get let's just go get Todd Grantham and let's just go. Right. Well, right? I think the focus was on the offensive side too. I think that's that's pretty apparent. Yeah, I mean, what well, they, they when you get Charles Kelly back who, to Auburn, who's a defensive coordinator himself, right? And and you get McGriff back, and you got some guys like Aldridge that are already there, and Garrett on the defense line who everybody loves. Right. I mean, you're you're pretty good. So you don't have to rush into anything right now. Correct. What, what if what if you just didn't find the right fit and you're like, all right, Chuck, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna right. Put, we're gonna put you at defense coordinator. Yeah, you'd be fine. You'd, you'd be, be fine. just as good as you were with Ron Roberts. So just take your time and get it right. Real quick, back to that LSU uh, uh, coup, possibly that Auburn's pulled off with Redman. Man, they have really upgraded their coaching staff. And you got to wonder if a director of player personnel is also having some in, input on uh, coaching hires and reaching out. Very well and, could. And this could be another sign that, that Auburn might be waiting just a little bit longer to get Redmond here. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, LSU just pulled off a, a coup themselves with two hires. They got Corey Raymond out of Florida, former LSU defensive back by all accounts, one of the top recruiters at defensive backs in the country. And then they pull Bo Davis. And Texas fans are furious about this. And they very well should be. And because SEC Davis, fans should be worried. Yeah, a defensive line coach who was at Alabama forever, got some NCAA trouble up there, kind of had to be shown the door. Nobody wanted to show him the door, but he had to be shown the door. This guy can flat out recruit. Yeah. And he can develop defensive linemen, especially interior defensive linemen. Look at Texas defensive line over the last couple of years compared to what it's been over the last 10 years. And you can see why Bo Davis is such a hot commodity. People should be worried about LSU and Brian Kelly, let me tell you. But they're going to be without one of their big key pieces on that staff as Redmond has get or supposed to be hired. Will Redmond supposedly and uh, will more than likely be officially named and hired for Auburn's GM of player personnel. We got to get to our first break here in hour number one. Give us a call. What do you think about it? Who's your pick for Auburn defensive coordinator or anything else on your mind on this Wednesday edition of On the Line? 334 3 one 1390 we'll be right back here on espn 1067 you are on the line on espn 1067 online at espnau.com or on the espn 1067 app 
Back inside the studio here on ESPN 106.7. Between the break, I was able to scarf down a Girl Scout cookie, Uncle T-Bone. It's that time of year, folks. If you haven't gone and bought your Girl Scout cookies, go find them. They're at locations everywhere around Auburn, Opelika. Go get some, man. What's your favorite? Uh, what's your shortbread, favorite? Shortbread, brother. Girl Scout cookie love shortbread. Love the shortbreads. Huh? Love to get about 10 boxes, store them away periodically throughout the year. A little coffee and Girl Scout cookie shortbread in the morning hits the spot for Uncle T. There you go. I'm putting down a box. Of, maybe won't eat the whole box. So I definitely you can. just about have. Uh, shut up. You're a growing young not. man, though. <laughs> not anymore, it's man. It's your birthday, man. Do what you want. I know. That's I am. I'm taking I'm taking a day off from watching calories. But uh, I'm putting down an entire box of Tagalongs. That's the peanut butter chocolate cookies, right? Put them in the freezer. <laughs> pull them out. And they are just fantastic. Tagalongs. Um, I also like the Samoas. That's the coconut chocolate ones. I love the those too and then they've also got they've upped their game since i was a kid they've got s'mores ones now and oh, that sounds good and all kinds of different ones are you a thin mint fan you know i've eaten probably five trillion thin mints in my life i'm not a big mint fan to begin with he said i've eaten five trillion of them but, but i'm not a I fan was growing of up the uh my mom was a huge fan of mint and those were just about the only ones she would buy Okay. And she loved them. So, I mean, it was just about one of the only things to eat sweets in the house. So, you know, I went ahead and and ate them. They were pretty, they're pretty good, but you know, I'm just not a big, I think that my wife buys mint ice cream, so I won't go in there and eat it. There you go. Well, look, I just, uh, I don't like to eat chocolate toothpaste, so I just don't eat Thin Mints, you know? I'm just not a fan of those, but uh, no, we, uh, we're we here in the studio. We got a couple of minutes before uh, we get to Jordan Hill of Dogs247. He'll join us at the bottom of the hour, and we mentioned this to start the show. Had a little basketball last night around college basketball, and especially in the SEC. Uh, you look kind of up and down the top 25. Purdue, number two team in the country, they took care of Michigan, beat them by 32 points. Jeez. Uh, Purdue, that's a good team right now, Uncle T-Bone. Number four, Houston, went on the road to number 21, BYU, and survived 75-68. to The game that you had, a couple of upsets last night. This team continues to roll. Texas goes on the road and beats number 11, Oklahoma, by 15. That's after winning over the weekend and beating Baylor on that buzzer beater did Texas that's back-to-back top 15 wins for Texas after some sloppy losses in Big 12 play you talk about a conference that's a brutal stretch they also have at number 21 BYU and then home for number four Houston man the Big 12 is a that's a good whatever word you want to use that's a good brand of basketball they play out there and have been for quite some time it's a strong league too bad that it's all breaking apart and it'll all reform into something else next year but hey they will be adding i believe arizona and arizona state to that league so they're going to keep on chugging along in that conference really good teams in that conference i guess texas got Finally said enough's enough with all these horns down that they got. They got. Uh, <laughs> Did you see l- that reaction last Saturday and from their, their coach, head coach? Their coach got all teary eyed and got his lip poked oh. out. And people were like, "Bro, you're about to go in the SEC. You better toughen up. You better toughen up. You're gonna get up. more than horns down. You're gonna get fingers up <laughs> everywhere you go." And uh, 
I guess that was their spark to say enough's enough and we're going to start playing a better brand of basketball. A couple of other top 25 teams in action able to get victories last night. You had Creighton, number 17. They take down Xavier. Our Dayton Flyers get another big Boom. win. 16-2, and 6-0 and in the Atlantic 10. Go, go Dayton Flyers. Wisconsin gets a win on the road. Duke gets a win over a bad Louisville team. Bad Louisville program right now. Yeah, they're terrible. Let it's me bad. say something real quick about those two teams, Creighton and Dayton. Watch them in the NCAA tournament, Uh-oh. folks. Uh-oh. Whatever bracket contest you're going to get into, just remember Uncle T-Bone said it, Creighton and Dayton. It rhymes, man. It's easy to, it's easy to stick with those two yeah. teams. The game of the night was in the SEC, and we'll talk some more about this when we get done with Jordan Hill. How about the Gamecocks of South Carolina hosting number six Kentucky in the latest AP poll, and they beat them 79-62. to Wasn't even close. They were up by they were up by eight at the half, and they continued to roll into the second half. You know, I'd like to say that that's why it's tough, obviously, to win in the SEC on the road. That was a funny line yesterday. I do remember seeing that. I think Kentucky was giving up five or six, and people were kind of scratching their heads at it. And it is very, very difficult to go on the road and win in conference play, really, at, at this time of year in any conference in, in NCAA basketball. But that's just ridiculous. Kentucky should be able to take care of business. I know South Carolina's a lot better than they used to be, but they should be able to take care of business there, man. That's the big blue. Come Mm. on, Calipari. What in the world is that? We'll talk more SEC basketball with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, our Georgia beat writer here on Rivalry Wednesday. He'll join us when we come back talking all things Georgia Bulldogs. Jacob Goetz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone with me in the studio here on ESPN 1067. And we were talking a little SEC basketball and talking that South Carolina-Kentucky team. You got a little fired up about Big Blue Nation unable to take well, down know, the Gamecocks. There's no love lost here for Kentucky basketball. I mean, Uncle T's never been a big bluegrass state guy but i mean i have kind of said this year is they're really one of my teams to watch out for in the ncaa tournament and i mean south carolina's an okay basketball team i mean they're they're better than they have been the last couple I of think years they're but pretty good that's a joke man i mean that they're kentucky's a top they should be a top five team with the amount of talent they have and maybe Calipari's just washed up. I don't know. I mean, if they had Bruce Pearl as the head coach, they'd probably be number one. Well, you know they've won one championship since he's been there, and it's going on 12 years. I mean, I could have won a championship up there. We'd just played the four corners. 334-321-1390. I believe that we have boots on the ground. Oh, here we go. Sources in Tuscaloosa. K-Bag joining us here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Am I right? Did we have somebody make the trip up to Tuscaloosa? Live from behind, behind enemy lines. There you go. In town about 15, 20 minutes, and it's already thundering, and it ain't from an Aiden Holloway logo three-pointer. <laughs> we, we, we got a little weather rolling into town before uh, we get this game going. Ain't nothing wrong with a little thunder and lightning when Auburn comes to town, right, K-Bag? 
That's right, that's right. And there's already been a little bit before we could get the bar stool pulled out from the front of the bar here at Baumhauer. Okay, so, okay. You know, you, you roll into town with a, with a logo, and they always like to run that mouth. That's right. Well, that's what I was going to ask. That's what I was going to ask if they started chirping yet. They already have. But, you know, when there's about three and a half minutes left to go in the game and they're hitting the aisle, there won't be much chirping going. <laughs> K-Bag, as a professional player – and player hater, what do you make of this line that dropped at Bama minus two and a half and has jumped to Bama minus three and a half? Are you kidding me? Is that is uh, uh, is it cologne? Should you, should we leave it alone? No, coach. No, coach. I'll take every half point point they want to give me. They can go ahead and kick another another half on that first half and give me two and a half if they want to it's fine tigers catching we'll, we'll take it all day you know a lot of the you know a lot of the the, the odds makers they get a little thrown off in basketball season. okay uh you know and, and especially early in, in my opinion um you know auburn we went on the road and lost to that state you know we went up to the the prairies of south dakota and and, and took very good baylor team down and just couldn't finish it off you know, this is, we're on, what, an 11-game win streak coming in and had five of the top 12 teams lose last week between midweek and the weekend. So, you know, we've taken a pretty good leap there in, in the standings and whatnot. But it's, it's our first, uh, you know, real real, real road test since that state ball. So I, I'm not surprised to see a dog in there and, uh, you know, for our, for our home team Tigers. And, and Alabama's a very talented team. Um, and, and, but they haven't been able to, to really play, you know, a full 40 minutes with other talented teams. So, Good you know, point. if I was an odds maker, I, I'd probably put the whole team as a couple point favorite myself. Well, we also know 2K bag is, is how well Alabama tends to play at home and how well they tend to play when Auburn comes to town, right? I mean, they, they, they tend well, it's to... it's going to be the only sellout of the season they have. You know, you look well, hey, hey don't, don't give them that credit LSU. just yet, K-Bag. we got to see what happens tonight about 6.30. Well, I paid $89 for my ticket, and you look next weekend, you can buy them for 8 So what do you expect? <laughs> hey, you can't even get in the door at Neville Arena for $89. You can't sniff a hot dog from the parking lot. For <laughs> oh, I love it. K-Bag, Alabama, 12-6, and six, oh. minus 166 against the 16-2 and two Tigers. What about Auburn catching plus 138? You know, if you're going to take the three and a half, why would you not sprinkle a little bit on the money line? There you go. That's one of my gambling tips for all you novices out there. If you're gonna take points, you gotta sprinkle a little bit on the money line so you can hit them with that old that old Texas two step. <laughs> Get them with the old <laughs> one two, as we like to like to call well, it. So, it. how long will y'all be at Baumhauer's? Tell us about the rest of the day up there. You got my number off the air. If you need some help, give Uncle T a call. I'll call some people in Birmingham to help you out. Well, I appreciate it. I got my dad with us, so we at least got. Oh, you got pops with you. Things. I got pops with us, yeah. Oh, you'll be all right then. Yeah, yeah, we'll be all right. We, we're going to keep it under control. If not, we at least got a pretty good character witness with us. Well, there you go. Well, hey, man, call in uh, call in tomorrow if you can. Let us know how many Auburn fans are going to be up there. They normally make a decent trip. A lot of fans up there in Birmingham uh, make, it, make that trip over to Tuscaloosa as well. So, K-Bag, have a good time, man. We appreciate you. Stay safe up there in Tuscaloosa now. Don't get in too many fights. 
Appreciate it, fellas. War Eagle. Thanks so much. K-Bag, 334-321-1390. We'd love to get your thoughts on the game tonight yes, as we make that transition. Talking about Auburn and Alabama tonight in college basketball. And Auburn, an underdog. I've got a lot of words on that in a little bit. But the game itself, Uncle T-Bone, big opportunity for both teams tonight. This is, uh, you know, be careful up there, K-Bag. And I know K-Bag's uh, pops very well. Nobody puts pops in a corner. They'll be okay on the strip and afterwards in Coleman Coliseum. Looking at this game right now and looking at what's coming up for both of these teams over the next three weeks after this game, Alabama needs this game desperately, in my opinion. Desperately? Uh, desperately. Look, they're already 12-6, and six, and I know what people are saying. What about the Ken Palm, Uncle T-Bone? What about the metrics, Uncle T-Bone? And I don't care what kind of metrics you stack up. If Alabama gets blasted by Auburn tonight, like Auburn's done to the last 11 teams by double digits on this 11-0 run, and they go to 12-7, and and it's just more ammunition for the committee to say, you know what? Alabama basketball this season's a lot like Penn State football is normally. They beat bad teams badly and can't get over the hump against good teams. And then you look at the remaining of uh, the the remainder of their schedule, you just can't guarantee wins out over the next six six games after Auburn for Alabama. They got LSU. That's a, a toss up. LSU's playing great. At Georgia, that could be an L. They host Mississippi State. I'll probably lean in win there. Come back to Auburn eh, at LSU. Eh, have Texas A&M. Okay? So if they lose tonight, and in those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games until they get to host Florida, which I'll give them a win, they go two and five, which could happen. They're definitely not just staring at the bubble they're starting to get bounced out of it. Auburn's going to the tournament. That's a given. Take a, we'll, we'll look at their schedule in a little bit. But this is a game that Alabama really needs to have, not just to cement themselves in the tournament, but as a higher seed and not just skating in. Yeah, and you, you, t- you mentioned that Alabama schedule and what's coming up for them. The quad one games they're about to go through, according to the net rankings, they're they're pretty brutal. They've got one tonight, obviously, with Auburn. And for those people that don't know what the quad games are, I think I explained this the other day on the show, but quad one games are one of the most important records that you can have in a basketball season. It's one of the things, one of the most important things that the NCAA Tournament Committee uses when they are picking teams to make the NCAA tournament and where they place them seed-wise in the NCAA tournament on Selection Sunday. A quad one win is this. A quad one win is a team that's top 30 in the net that you play at home. It's a home game versus top 30 teams in the net. It's a neutral site game against teams top 50 or road games against teams in the top 75. Okay, so tonight you've got a quad one game for Mm -hmm. Alabama against Auburn. Then you start looking. You have games like Mississippi State. You're on the road at Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M. You start looking at where some of those teams stack up in the net rankings, and there's some really good teams in there. Those are not all quad ones, but they're close. They're very close. You have Texas A&M in the 30s right now. You still have teams like Mississippi State hanging around at 40, right? right? So there's a game there. Like Alabama's about to figure out 
They've got some tough games coming up. Two against Auburn in the next, what, one, two, three, four, five, six games? Like, that's that's tough to do for that Alabama team. And while they're 4-1 and one in conference play right now, their last game against an SEC team was when they got dominated on the road by Tennessee on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, they got rickrolled by Tennessee. I mean, that was embarrassing. And look, all of those teams they're about to go up against outside of Auburn are all clawing and doing anything that they can do to try and get up into the tournament and into the bubble or off of it. Those will be even more desperate teams than Alabama. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at a Texas – you, you, you you're going to guarantee a win over Texas A&M and Buzz Williams who's fighting for their tournament life? Good luck. Yeah, no thanks. And what I'm talking about here is say they go down to Auburn tonight and go 12-7, and seven, they go 2-5 and five in that run, which could happen. I don't think it will, but it could. Then they're 14-12. and 12. They go three and four. They're fifteen and thirteen. That looks a little better. But if they're fourteen and twelve after this run before they host Florida to go try and go fifteen and twelve, I don't care what metrics you got. That's a terrible record for the bubble. And the, and when you're on the bubble, Jacob, this is what I've kind. Of, you're not trying to prove to yourself that you've done enough to get off the bubble. You just want to be one of those teams that's the last one standing. Like there's six, seven teams on the bubble. You want to be the uh, the the prettiest girl. In, in a pig contest. There you go. You want to be the, you don't want to give them an excuse. And you don't want to dang sure their record being almost 500 on the bubble, but we got great metrics when we got beat by every good team we played. Get out. Goodbye. We'll take uh, Iona instead. And speaking of the bubble, you look at the latest bracketology according to Joe Lenardi and ESPN yesterday. South Carolina on the bubble. Ole Miss on the bubble. Florida on the bubble teams that all they'll be very desperate are going to be very desperate and will be playing for their ncaa tournament lives on the flip side of that if you look at auburn over the next six games after alabama at mississippi state vanderbilt at ole miss alabama at florida south carolina those are games that auburn should all win should but again they should. you've got three bubble teams that'll be playing really good basketball they should say auburn wins tonight in Tuscaloosa, that's a 12-game winning streak. They should win the next six then. It's easier than what Alabama has, for sure, to go to an 18-game winning streak before they host Kentucky in Neville Arena. How hot will that ticket be? Yeah, there's no doubt, but a lot easier said than done. And again, we'd love to get your thoughts on Auburn What's your Alabama. favorite game, right? What? Oh, what the what-if game. game. That's right. That's right. It's it's what-if. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we'd love to get our listeners' thoughts. 334-321-1390. You're on the road at Alabama. You're on the road at Mississippi State. You're on the road at Ole Miss. You still host Alabama on the road at Florida. And I don't have to tell Auburn basketball fans the abysmal record that Auburn has in Gainesville. And then you host a South Carolina team that just put it on Kentucky last night. So, right. It's not going to be easy. Oh, no. But given how Auburn is playing, they should win all of those games. But that's not how this works. No, this is college basketball. No, no, no. Look, Auburn shouldn't be a three-and-a-half-point uh, underdog to Alabama right now. Preach Any, that. Anywhere they play. I mean, I look at that line. It's ridiculous. And, you know, you know my they saying. They should be embarrassed. I mean, that's the kind of thing it's like, well, they're begging you 
to take Auburn. And then the Vegas boys and local man are just going to rack up because everyone jumped on Auburn, right? Well, there's a reason why the line's that. 90% of the money's on Alabama right now, according to scoresandodds.com. You don't see this much following lines. And you rarely see. This comes around every once a couple of years, folks. This is what I like to call a Crazy Ivan line. Remember Crazy Ivan from, oh, yeah. from the movie The Hunt for Red October? There you go. Local man in Vegas, they're just turning the submarine around real quick to see what's out there. And they're just throwing it out there to see what's going on. And they're pulling the old Johnny flip-flop here. They got really smart players begging. You've been killing local man listening to the show because we've been on fire. Yeah. Smart folks are taking these picks and running with it, and they're going to the bank, and they're like, ha, 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 local man, we got all your money. Are you saying Can they're you out feel there it? fishing, Uncle T-Bone? And they're they like, all right, we'll show water. you. We're going to play the Johnny flip-flop game. We're going to act like you should beg to play Auburn when you should beg off playing Alabama with this line. It's called a crazy Ivan, folks. They're turning the sub right around against you. I like the Tigers. Mm, they're trying okay. to fool you. Trying to fool Don't us. Don't let them fool you. Mm. Auburn on the road tonight at Alabama. 6.30 start. Pre-game will begin at 6 p.m. You can find that locally here in Auburn, Opelika on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. Andy Burcham and the guys will go live at 6. Tip-off at 6.30. Thank God we got a 6.30 tip-off and not 8 o'clock, man. I'm tired of those 8 o'clock tips, Uncle T-Bone. Yeah, it'll be up at 8 o'clock for your birthday. Uh, probably so. 334 3 <laughs> <laughs> so I've still got work tomorrow, Uncle T-Bone. 334 321 We'll take our final break, come back, wrap up hour number one. Give us a call. We'd love to you for to be a part of the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Let's get to the phone lines quickly as we wrap up the hour. 334-321-1390. Andy, you're on the line, man. What's up? Hey, Warwick, how are you doing? Doing good, man. What's on your mind? So uh, when you buy something afterwards, there's a term called buyer's remorse, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. What is, what is it when you make a huge bet? And, and you have that same feeling? There's got to be a term for that, right? Uh, regret. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not at regret yet uh, at all, but um, uh, one of my buddies, um, I, I kept trying to get him to, you know, man, uh, these Auburn bets are hitting like crazy. So he keeps waiting. He's like, oh, I should have done that one. I should have done that one. He's like, all right, next one, you know, put a large amount on. And I was like, all right, I'll match you. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm not paying attention, but it was today's game. So I opened it up and saw that, you know, we we're plus uh, – three and a half, which blows my mind. And it's again, scary. And it's like that Appalachian, um, Appalachian state spread where it's just, you scratch your head. Um, but you know, we said we're going to do it. So we did it. And the biggest bet. So the things Alabama has going for them is it's at home, you know, they're upset because they just got beat by Tennessee and with basketball, it's pretty safe. If someone loses, bet them next time. Baseball is kind of like that too. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's usually a pretty good trend to jump on. So between at home, they're upset. Now you have me betting the largest bet, I think, in the past two years. So maybe the spread should be a plus six. <laughs> I feel better. But, um, you know, should be a good game. And I don't see how 
We've been playing so good, I don't see how we lose this one, especially by four. But I like it. Who knows? For the three reasons I gave you, if we lose, it's because of those three. But take care, where you go, and I'll talk to you soon. Yep, thanks so much, Andy. Yeah, appreciate it, Andy. Look, man, you're not the kiss of death. You'll be all right. Just keep on rolling with you. You are actually catching some points, which is very odd to me. Um in this game, I, under no circumstance right now do I think Alabama should be giving Auburn any points wherever they play. The way I look at it is, though, it is basketball and it can bounce any which way but loose, right? Just like a baseball game, like you mentioned. Alabama's a good basketball team right now. And the show before us, our good friend Doug Amos over there in Montgomery, he had a Luke Robinson on from uh, Locked On Bama. And he said, hey, you know, this is a team that needs to grow up a little bit. It'd be unfortunate if that was tonight. But Alabama is a good basketball team. Auburn's a really good basketball team. That's the difference. Auburn plays a tenacious amount of defense. And the physicality is there. And if Auburn is anywhere near as physical like Tennessee was in this basketball game uh, Saturday against Alabama, they'll dominate. Let's get to the phone lines quickly one more time. 334-321-1390. John, you're on, man. What's up? Hey, uh, I said I hate to be the uh, voice of uh, maybe a downer, but uh, oh, I'm no. winning tonight, uh, 80 to 73. I think uh, Auburn's defense will uh, hold Alabama down, but they're playing at home and they're shooting 50% from three okay. in their gymnasium. And yeah. It's just hard to beat them over there. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, look, I said that Alabama shoots better at home, obviously, and, and they love to play well when Auburn comes to town. So you're, you're, you're taking Alabama to win tonight, huh? Hey, unfortunately, I hope uh, Auburn beats the brakes off of them. But uh, until I see it, uh, <laughs> like I said, hopefully they'll have something uh, special and surprise for us tonight. And uh, Wade, I appreciate you helping me move those tickets last week, brother. Thank you. Yep, my pleasure, John. Anytime. Uh, and I'm glad they went to a good home. Auburn tickets are uh, are a hot commodity right now. Yeah, my, and you my man who it. has season tickets here wasn't trying to stick it to anybody. Just selling them at face value, and that's uh, that's something to be said about you, John. War Eagle, brother. Look, I, I know that Auburn has struggled mightily in Tuscaloosa, and I don't want to sound like I'm whistling past the graveyard here, but Auburn's just a better basketball team, folks. If they shut down Mark Sears, and that's a big if, and that's the key to me, not letting him just fire away from the three-point line and play physical inside, as long as it's not hack-a-shack and the refs uh, swallow the whistle and get Auburn in foul trouble like they did Walker Kessler a few years ago, I think Auburn walks away with this game. Lots more to talk about with that. Coming up in hour number two, you can be involved as well. 334-321-1390. We'll talk more about that. Some Auburn football news, maybe some recruiting news as well. That's all coming up in hour number two here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Don't go anywhere. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. 
You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone with you in the studio as we get ready and get underway here in hour number two. If you missed any of the first hour, talked some Auburn football news as they hired a new staffer from LSU, a big-time hire. We'll probably have some more to say about that here in hour number two. Also, uh, started talking a lot of uh, college basketball Basketball, Auburn and Alabama tonight. We'll talk a lot about that again here in hour number two. I got to give my official pick. I think we know where Uncle T-Bone lays, but we'll talk some more about it here in hour number two. And phone lines are open for the entire second hour. So if you uh, if you missed any of the first hour, go catch it with the podcast, ESPNAU.com, or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. And again, phone lines are open, 334-321-1390, and that's where we begin hour number two. We got a couple of them. We'll start with Terry. You're on the line with Jacob and Uncle T-Bone. Hey, Jacob. Hey, T-Bone. How y'all doing? Doing good, Terry. How are you, man? Fantastic. Did I hear you guys correctly that Auburn is underdog this evening? Underdog by three and a half points as of right now, Terry. Three and a half points. That's uh, I gotta say it's a little surprising. Um, you know, based on Alabama's got what six losses and Auburn has two. Uh, yeah. I know and... when the Alabama fans are gonna point out they played this tough schedule, but. Again, you play the tough schedule, but you got to win some of them too. Yeah, it doesn't matter how tough a schedule you play if you don't get any wins, Terry. Yeah, that's that's my point. That's that's what I think a lot of people tend to overlook. I mean, um, you know, uh, people tend to forget about the drama this team went through off the court last year at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Bless your heart. I'm not. I'm. I don't want to go there, but I'm just saying that's that little derail season. They managed to have a great season, and um, you know that that just that was just part of the way. Now Auburn last year just I just felt like they were just too small. Well, what happened last year should not have happened. Proclaimed in a lot about basketball, but they were just too small. Well, I'm with you, Terry. But what what happened last year in that game should never happen in any game. And what happened was the referees cost Auburn a shot at winning that basketball game, and they swallowed their whistle on some outrageously physical plays on Auburn's offensive side of the court and Alabama's defensive. And it allowed Alabama to get back in the game. Right. And that, you know, when a, when a head coach like Bruce Pearl, when any head coach in college basketball goes on the conference television station after the game being interviewed, especially one like Bruce Pearl, who everyone knows, and basically screams and slams down his headset because oh, he the referee was, so was so brutal. You know there's a problem, and that's not just. Be- he was probably a little frustrated, obviously, that Auburn gave up a big lead and lost to Alabama, but he had all the right in the world to be upset with the stripes last last year in this ball game. And if that goes down again, I don't care if you're the L.A. Lakers, you're not going to win in in Coleman Coliseum if the referees are, sw- are 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 just hammering you. And letting the other team hammer you, and and you saw it two years ago with Walker Kessler, Darren. They had him fouled out in twelve minutes. All right, it's ridiculous. Well, uh, T Bone and Jacob, I want to ask y'all this question: If NIL was was around back when Sharif Cooper, some of those played, how long do they stay around? Longer than they did, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, Sharif Cooper. Look, Sharif Cooper needed another year in college. He got bad information to go to the draft. I I, I just believe yeah. that. And and it you know that happens sometimes. I'm not blaming anybody, but 
I mean, what he played, 12 games in college or something because of his suspension, COVID, everything else? I mean, played 12 games in college that and went to the pros man. and never, never will crack NBA, full NBA rosters because of it. And so, yeah, I mean, he would have hung around and JT Thor may have hung around and, and guys like that that are now playing on NBA oh. rosters. But, man, there's, yeah, there's so many big name players that could still be here if NIL was a thing at Auburn. You know who Sharif Cooper reminded me a lot of as far as the go- getting bad information going is Rod Grizzard. Oh, okay. Rod Grizzard, Alabama, had no business going out early. Should have came back. Probably should have came back for two more years. But that's who it reminds me of. He wasn't ready. And it, uh, it doesn't matter. These guys get dollar signs in their eyeballs, and they go. And NIL wasn't around then. So, well, that's it is be- now. Well, the NBA, the NBA normalizes that, unfortunately, Terry. That's what, right. that's what causes all that. Right. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all take care and have a great evening. Thanks, Terry. You too. 334-321-1390. Let's continue. We'll get to John and Auburn. We appreciate you holding on, John. What's up? Hey, guys. Hey, Uncle T-Bone, I had one for you talking about, you know, chasing lines and all this. So I'm 40. I think if, you're, if people older than 40 know about this, people younger than 40 don't know what I'm talking about here. Do you remember Leonard's Losers, the old publication that you could find at the corner stores? Grew up on Leonard's Losers out of uh... – out of Columbus, Georgia, man, it was uh, absolutely must read, absolutely. must read, man. That was. God, I, was I awesome. tried to find an equivalency to today to college people. I can't really find an equivalency, but that was must read. Yeah, that was. Uh, he was very entertaining. Um, he had, yeah. remember the power rankings, Leonard's power. Remember power what rankings? a Georgia Homer he was? Oh, well, he, was <laughs> he was from Columbus, man. Yeah. And I liked how he called uh, he called Alabama the pachyderms. Remember, he had a radio he had a radio show at one time too. Wow! Yeah, but that was uh, that was before it was a lot easier to get radio sports talk radio shows. But you'd go over to Columbus and you'd they or they they or one of the stations over there would play like a thirty minute clip of his stuff, and uh, he would come on he would come into studio and read what he wrote down. If you don't know Leonard's Losers. Check it out. That was fantastic, and uh, and and everyone that followed college football back in the uh, late seventies and early eighties had one of those. Absolutely. Hey, had a qu- had a quick basketball question for for you, or or maybe maybe two. Go for it. One, I think the key to tonight's game is Denver Jones. He's not giving us a lot offensively. Defensively, he's been a lockdown defender. I know Sears is injured, uh, slightly probably will go, but having Denver Jones, if that's who Auburn matches up with. Having Denver Jones in his grill is going to make that difficult for him. And the only other point I had for, tonight, for you know, let's say the line's right. Let's say Alabama wins by three or four. Auburn still doesn't have a quad one win. Well, Mississippi State this weekend's another quad one game. Mm-hmm. Would that be a pick? Would that be a slight Auburn edge in Vegas? I mean, who knows at this point? Yeah, you know, I think if Auburn were to lose tonight – I think Auburn would still be favored regardless this Saturday just because of it being, you know, with Auburn being as good as they are now. If this game was in Neville, then uh, obviously they'd be favored. But sure. going on the road to the hump, I mean, no, it's it's not easy. And, and, you know, John, it very well could be Auburn as an underdog. I think I think you could see that as well. I, I would like to think Auburn would be a favorite, but guess what, John? I thought Auburn would be a favorite in this game tonight, and they're not. So um, exactly, it, it, yeah. You just never know what they're going to do out in Vegas, man. We don't. But anyway, let's see what happens. I think I think that's the key. If 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 Denver Jones can really uh, d up Sears, but thank you. I'll let you be. 
Be well, War Eagle. Thanks so much, John. We appreciate your call with Terry as well. 334-321-1390. We want everybody's thoughts on Auburn and Alabama tonight in Tuscaloosa. Uh, one of the toughest games Auburn's had so far this year I mean they've had one road game in the SEC it was Arkansas they won by 30 and that turns out it's not that great of a win I mean 30 points is great on the road is great against Arkansas is great but that Arkansas team's just not all that they they did travel to Nashville oh yeah but you know that's the worst team in the league right now but it's always a weird place to play I don't like to play the comparison game Uh, it never works out but this is a Clemson team that's 13 and five right now and on November 28th went into Alabama and they they pushed Alabama around mm-hmm. the tie didn't show up for that game the crowd certainly didn't show up for that game a few days after uh, Thanksgiving and right around Iron Bowl time so it was I still mean, football season it's not like <laughs> it's not like this is oh uh, I don't know going into playing in rough arena it's gonna be a rowdy crowd there's gonna be a ton of Auburn fans there too our man K-Bag and his his dad Pops have rolled up Highway 82 that's the best thing ever to come out of Tuscaloosa by the way because it connects to Auburn and uh they're ready to rock and roll they're up there on the strip right now slamming down cold snacks and and probably doing body getters who knows what's going on up there (laughs) but I love it. it let me tell you there will be a lot of Auburn fans up there and Always it's going to be a rowdy environment. You know, that's the Iron Bowl of basketball. But, you know, like I said, it, we, we, Alabama has a good team. That's a great program under Nate Oates. They won two of the last three SEC championships. But, I mean, this isn't like, you know, going into, like I said, Rupp Arena. Uh, although Auburn hasn't had a ton of success in Tuscaloosa, they normally play pretty well up there. So I look for Auburn to show up. The only thing I worry about is if Auburn plays tight. Mm -hmm. Do what you do, man. Keep rolling how you roll, and they'll take care of business against Alabama. They got too many bodies. Well, and that's it right there. I mean, I I just I've said this numerous times. I just don't think the App State performance is going to happen again. I just don't see how that bad of a game is going to happen again. But if it is to happen. It would be in a game like this, on the road, against a good team in a hostile environment. It could have happened against Arkansas, but I think Auburn was just leaps and bounds better than that team. But you're playing a better team tonight in Alabama. And the fact that Auburn has so many bodies, has so many contributors, that's what I'm going to start calling them, I think, is contributors, because that's what they are. They're not just minutes being eaten. They're not so the starters can sit. They are contributors to this team and to its success and there's a couple of factors here and John brought up a really good one about Denver Jones who was brought here to Auburn as an 18 points per game score he was brought here to score the basketball but guess what he has become one of the best defensive guards in the league and Bruce Pearl has said that it's noticeable watch it the stats say it It's everywhere. Denver Jones has become that dude on the defensive side. And Auburn needs to do everything in their power tonight to make sure that Denver Jones stays locked like peanut butter and jelly on the hip of Mark Sears. If that's the case, you cannot stop him, but you can sure slow him down. And if Auburn can slow down Sears, the only other players that score are Estrada, who I think 
Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson, Katie Johnson, a mixture can guard. Grant Nelson down low, who is the only threat with size on this Alabama team. That's another problem I'm going to get to in a second. And then Rylan Griffin, who averages 10 points a game. If you shut down Mark Sears, at least to an extent, where else does Alabama go to score? Well, I'm with you on that. I mean, Grant Nelson's going to have to step up for them. He's going to start playing more physical and have to start, you know, the, 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 the liability that he offers is his defensive play. Who's he going to cover? I mean, Jalen Williams might eat him alive, you know, and if he's going to get physical and the refs aren't swallowing the whistle, there's going to be a lot of fouls there. So, uh, you know, I think the key to Auburn is get off to a good start, and it doesn't have to be necessarily a good scoring start. Don't get into foul trouble. Right. Don't let the crowd get fired up by four or five three-pointers in a row. That's just all there is to it. Mm-hmm. 334-321-1390. We'll go ahead and take an early break here in segment number one because we've got Uncle Ollie hanging on. He'll join us when we come back. You can be a part of the show as well. 334-321-1390. Talking more Auburn basketball. We'll get to some football later on as well here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get back to the phone lines. Been a busy day over there. 334-321-1390. Uncle Ollie got you on the line with me and Uncle T-Bone. What's up? Hey, gentlemen. Hope y'all are doing well today. Yes, sir. Same to you. Good. Hey, T-Bone, you uh, stirred my memory a little bit uh, with the uh, Leonard's Losers. If you you remember, he called Florida the water lizards. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> water they lizards. The they were the water lizards. That's fantastic. And another thing about that time, and I still actually have a handful of them, remember the little peak-sized football guides? I do remember those. Yes. Yes. You, you, certain stores would carry them. They were, what, about three inches by two inches at every uh, team in the SEC and then Notre Dame. And then it would have your local high schools, their schedules, which I always thought was pretty neat. That is neat. Yeah, and, I mean, look, that's stuff that people uh, people now still care about stuff like that. You know what I mean? I mean, you don't see that stuff as, as often anymore, especially with, uh, of course, the Internet and stuff like that. But I wish they still did stuff like that, Uncle Ollie. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, back when we were kids, the big thing, you would go to Seven uh, Eleven because they would have, like, your favorite player, mm-hmm. uh, a baseball player. On, on the cup, plastic cup. There you and go. You would try to collect them all. I mean, that that was that was a big deal. Uh, but uh, anyway, going back to uh, the, the the game tonight, mm-hmm. I, and T Bone, you you sort of touched on it. But my fear is not Alabama being hot, not us being cold. My fear is that the referees uh, are too prominent. Uh, I, I hope they'll officiate it like they officiated the Tennessee game. Not that they let Tennessee get away with stuff, but they let the guys play. And we didn't we didn't spend the whole game at the foul line. And I don't want one of these things where at the end of the day, Alabama shot 38 uh, free throws and Auburn has shot 12. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you That's something. That's my fear. Yeah, I'll tell you something, Uncle Ali. They, uh, I'm with you, and – they better uh, do a better job in this game, Coleman Coliseum, refereeing the game and keeping it under control than they did when Missouri came to town last week. 
I agree. Because that was uh, uh, that was ridiculous. And uh, if they're going back and forth to the monitor, and 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 Oates is over there putting his paws on people, on our players, uh, I'm going to have yeah. a come apart, man. Yeah. Uh, and then one other thing, uh, I listen to a ton, probably too much podcast, and go back and forth. And I actually even been listening to some Alabama podcasts here lately, just to get a lay of the land. I'm sorry. And they are, they are actually convinced. They're convinced that Ryan Williams is going to Alabama. And and I'm like, I don't get it. I mean, so this relationship that he's had with Marcus Davis and Freeze and all that, and then you're going to have a guy come in and all of a sudden, yeah, I think I'm going to go, go to Alabama. The only way he goes to Alabama, that's just my opinion, is if they pull a K.J. Bolden like Georgia did and just push a stack of cash and say, this is too important for us to leave you to, to go to Auburn. We want you. Appreciate the phone call, Uncle Ali. You can get in 2334-321-1390. Here at On the Line, the show that calls it like it is. And holds nothing back. That's right, and we're holding nothing back today. I'm with you. Uh, I, I'm going to put it to you like this, Ali. I think Ryan Williams deep down wants to come to Auburn. I really do. I think all his boys are up here. I think he's got a heck of a better relationship with several signees that came into Auburn's program this year as opposed to Alabama's. I think he's had way better time up here on the recruiting trail and trips. And I think he just likes it better up here. And if he goes to Alabama, fine. I think he very well may because a lot of NIL money has opened up there since that departure of about a quarter of their roster and several other commitments and several other people who signed up with Alabama, including the number one player in the country possibly, and Julian Sayan, mm-hmm. the quarterback, the five-star can't miss who's going to Ohio State now. Mr. There's Buckeye. a lot of extra NIL money up there right now. But if he signs with Alabama, it's because somebody like K.J. Bolden and his family wanted him to sign somewhere else than Auburn. Fact. And in the past, that would have been an egregious statement. That would have been a statement that if was made about Auburn, we would have lost our minds because it wasn't true. Because in the past, that wasn't a true statement about Alabama, right? Because a good receiver went to Alabama because Alabama receivers were good and developed and got put into the pros. I mean, that they've been one of the wide receiver used for the last 10 years. But those guys who made them that good are not there anymore. They're not there. Nick Saban, gone. All those coaches, gone. Billy Napier was one of those coaches for a while. Yeah, the only thing that remains at Alabama right now that's consistent is the money, which speaks very loud, right? It speaks very high volumes, but that's the only thing that's still there. And so when it comes to Ryan Williams... That's been a, over the last, I'd say the start of this week, really, end of last week, start of this week, that ball has began to roll some more. And that that topic of conversation as we inch closer and closer and closer to that signing period where he's going to sign on his birthday, he canceled his official visit last night to Texas. So it seems to be that Ryan Williams is down to Auburn and Alabama. 
and everybody's got their panties in a wad. Everybody's getting upset because it seems to be trending towards Alabama. If it, According to Alabama folks, right? According to Alabama people, Ryan Williams is going to Tuscaloosa. No doubt about it, he's going to go be it in Tuscaloosa. Why would he go to Auburn? There's four other great receivers there. That's a compliment, by the way. No kidding. That's a compliment. Boy, have the tables turned. You better believe it. And that is totally understandable, right? Look at it from Ryan Williams' situation, his POV. You could go to Alabama. You could make a lot more money, probably. And you could probably become that guy. Who's going to throw you the football? Do you have a relationship with DeBoer? Do you know who your assistant coaches are? And can they put you in the NFL like the previous staffs could? That's the question you have to ask if you want to go to Alabama well, right know, now. The counter to that is DeBoer is a fantastic football coach. Let's not sell him short. And then he's going to have, he has proven that he's going to have an offense that can showcase a receiver. I mean, look at what they did over the last couple of years up there. And they've had several receivers that are going to the NFL. Okay, it's not like uh, they hired some some scrub off the streets of Vance to come in there and start calling plays. But you're right. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian was there with those four uh, demons that, that all went to the NFL that were wide receivers at Alabama a few years ago, probably the best group of wide receivers I've ever seen in college football together at, at one time. You know, times have changed. I'm not going to say that Kalen DeBoer can't showcase a receiver. I mean, it's obvious that he can, but I will say this. If you think that Jalen Milrow is going to be Michael Penix Jr. just because Kalen DeBoer is the head coach at Alabama now, you got another thing coming. Look at some of the touch passes that Penix could make on uh, just in in any situation, both long and long and short. Did you see in the Michigan game, Jacob, when they tried to switch up the offense to benefit Milrow in the second half in the semifinals, him trying to throw short passes? I mean, it looked terrible. He's throwing knuckleballs. It looked like he was just he, – he's got zero touch on short passes. Speaking of Washington, I know you're talking about Penix. Did you yeah. see the news about Washington, about Will Rogers withdrawing his name from the transfer portal? He is going to go to Washington now? Isn't that yeah, interesting? Yeah, well, they got a great coach out of Arizona and Jed Fish. I mean, I'm not great saying – Great coach. He's a great coach. Look at what he did at Arizona and look at their offense. At Arizona. He tore it up. You didn't want any part of Arizona. And I'm going to say this. Jalen Milrow is no Michael Penix Jr. and will not be. And this guy they got transferred in, well, what about Austin Mack? They're all hot hot and heavy about him because he's, you know, a young, good-looking African-American kid who's 6'6", 210 pounds. He's the next Cam Newton, Uncle T-Bone. No, he's not. I mean, there's a lot to be desired still up there in quarterback play, just like there is at Auburn. But at least four big-time receivers – have faith in what's happening at Auburn. I think there's a fifth one in Ryan Williams that wants to be here, but they're just going to make it very difficult on him to get here. And you know as good and well as I do, the moment he visited up there, Alabama media was just going to start running. They would never put pressure and start saying he's a lead pipe lock to come up here, would they? No. Nobody on the Alabama rival site would ever do that. <laughs> Andrew Boone. <laughs> Well, let me turn your mic off while I get us out of break before you get us in trouble on this radio show. 334-321-1390. We got the phone lines lighting up here on ESPN 106.7. Three phone calls. We'll get to all of you when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Don't go anywhere.
on the line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Well, we've got 30 more minutes here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. He's Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the studio here at ESPN 106.7. Got more phone calls, man, that we have been busy on the phone lines, and we love it that way. 334-321-1390. We'll start with Jordan. You're on the line, man. How are you? Doing well, thank you. How are you? Doing good. Doing good, man. What's up? Uh, first of all, thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Really, really excited about uh, tonight's basketball game, the Iron Bowl, uh, on the hardwood. Um, super excited about that. This team has been uh, really special. It's still a little bit early on, at least in conference play. Uh, there's a lot of positives to look at with this basketball team. I think this is uh, this might be Bruce, one of Bruce Pearl's uh, best best works of art, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just in terms of being able to go, excuse me, being able to go uh, as many as 10, 11, 12 deep at times. Um, and I think, I don't know if I heard this on uh, the Locked on Auburn podcast or the, the, the Jungle podcast. I heard it somewhere. Um, but hearing that, I think one of the hardest things for teams to game plan against Auburn is not knowing necessarily who you're going to be on who, who your man is going to be because they go 10 11 12 deep and they're just constantly rotating guys they have fresh legs in there uh, I thought that was a, a unique take didn't necessarily think about it like that um, tonight's definitely going to be tough uh, regrettably I will not be in attendance but I'll certainly be watching very closely oh yeah uh, Another thing, another thing I think will be very interesting to see is uh, what the crowd is going to be like. I've heard that uh, Auburn is, uh, I guess, planning sort of a takeover of Coleman, if you will, much like they did. I want to say I don't know if it was 2020, maybe when uh, mm-hmm. we had Jabari and uh, Walker. Kind yeah, of there were there were a lot of Auburn uh, fans there that year for sure. And look, Auburn fans have traveled pretty well to Tuscaloosa. Again, there's a big group in Birmingham. I mean, there's a ton of Auburn fans there. It's where my family is and and I mean, it's it's an easy trip to Tuscaloosa from Birmingham, no doubt. For sure, for sure. Uh definitely looking forward to that. I think that tonight sort of a strength on strength uh, in terms of Alabama being more offensive and and uh you know, kind of getting up as many threes as possible. And then mm-hmm. I, I think that Auburn's defense, to, to some degree, I feel like this year is a little bit underrated. Uh, another interesting take I heard recently was um, Denver Jones. Uh, I know Bruce Pearl talked about him after the Ole Miss game, I believe it was. And uh, I heard a, a comparison, a slight comparison, I guess, to him and Samir Doughty. I thought that was another interesting take. Yeah, I like that. Um, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's 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 unique uh, just with the production that you're getting out of all 10, 11, 12 guys kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, really excited about that. Uh, you know, on the Ryan Williams front, it, certainly it's, it's impossible to go inside uh, his mind and, and, you know, say what he's kind of thinking. Uh, obviously, I would love to see Ryan Williams in an Auburn uniform. Um, but let's not forget, I mean, while there can be as many as five wide receivers on the field at any given point in time, Auburn already has four, what is it, incoming freshmen on top of whoever they're bringing back from last year's mm-hmm. squad uh, and whatever uh, transfers they get in the portal. Uh, so even, even if Ryan Williams doesn't decide to come to Auburn, 
uh, that's fine kind of thing. I, mean, I think we certainly have a solid uh, group of receivers. Um, and and he, may, he may end up deciding to go to a place like Alabama with nothing else just to carve his own path. Exactly, uh, yeah. And, and that's um, the thing, too, Jordan, is I think Auburn fans need to remember you've got four superstars walking in the door. If Ryan Williams comes in, great. If not, still great. You still signed the best receiver class in the history of Auburn football. So, hey, man, we appreciate the call. Absolutely. Thank you. Where are you going, boys? Yep. Thanks so much, Jordan. 334-321-1390. Let's keep it rolling here. John, you're back, man. What's up? Hey, just making my way back to uh, Peeville from uh, Montgomery. Uh, i got to piggyback on the uh, last caller's question. Uh, we've already got four or five highly talented uh, freshman wide receivers coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ryan Williams is the last uh, chess piece on the board. And if it's all... Uh, you know, like Texas Hold'em, everybody's all in trying to either get or prevent the other school from getting Ryan Williams. How does that the NIL disparity, uh, how, how do you think that would play in the locker room if he's uh, going to wind up getting double the amount of NIL? I mean, this is all hypothetical, but wouldn't that cause a rift in the uh, locker room? I mean, that could potentially cause a rift in any locker room, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're at Alabama and you've been there with Nick Saban and you've been part of the process and you decided to stay through the uh, regime change and every, you know, but you're quite not getting, uh, I mean, you've been through it all up there, right? Say you're uh, uh, Deontay Lawson, right? Or Malachi Moore at Alabama and, and you get you got an NIL deal and you've, you've put your life's sweat and blood into Nick Saban and, and all of a sudden the new guy comes in with a new regime and he's getting a million dollars more than you. I mean, that's a problem, right? So yeah. you've got, you've got a, you know, that's, that's part of the, uh, what I think you got the hiring, uh, today from a, a specialist in dealing with those type of issues at Auburn away from LSU and Will Redmond. And, and you got to have a support staff now just to basically, I don't want to say coddle, uh, these players who may or may not be a little, uh, oh, I don't know, you know, pouty about not quite, in, quite getting as much money as somebody else. This was one of the fears that Nick Saban always talked about when he when NIL first came out. Mm-hmm. You just got to have someone explain what the deal is and and what you're worth and what they're worth and and how it's going to work. And you know, if, if that if that makes somebody get up and walk up out of that locker room, so be it. Yeah, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it. Uh, when I was, uh, you know, Ryan Williams is 16 years old. When I was 16, I was working at McDonald's in Ozark, Alabama, making 3.35 an hour. And uh, these kids coming in, I know I'd have been dangerous with a hundred dollars a week sure. in my pocket back <laughs> then, uh, much less with a well, uh, you know, an unlimited fund of cash. Yeah, That's right. John, I think your your parents probably trusted you a little bit more with that amount of money when you got it working at Burger King or wherever. I sat at the uh, tip-off club a while back and listened to Bruce Pearl talk about this NIL money, and a lot of that money goes straight home, a lot of it. It doesn't hit those kids' account. A lot of times it's set up that way, and it's not just the immediate family, but outside family, too, that needs that money and those revenue to come back and help them pay bills, and that's a fact because a lot of these kids are coming from some rough spots. And I know you saw that Perry Thompson video and documentary he made. Which was great. Which was awesome. So it's not always like, hey, this kid's just getting this massive check in his account. 
And unfortunately, though, in those type situations, uncles or dads or oh, it, it gets messy sometimes. There's no doubt. Get involved yep. and and they're trying to get as much as they can uh, out of their own kids. So it's a complicated thing, and you're touching on it. And this is going to be a conversation that's going to be going on forever as long as NIL is going. And there's going to be some horror stories that come out. We'll be having a conversation. I bet on this radio show about. All right. Well, I appreciate y'all's uh, time, and hopefully, we can uh, bring back the W tonight. There you go. Thank Thanks you. so much, John. Appreciate you calling in three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Lots of things that our callers have hit on over the last thirty minutes or so. We've just been rolling call after call after call. We love it, and we'd love for you to be a part of it as well. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Kind of just hitting on everything here. With that, well, I'll touch on what John was saying, then we'll get to kind of some things that Jordan was saying in other callers as well. With the NIL thing, and I'm going to keep this brief because we could do a whole two-hour radio show on this. We've, we've pretty much done that in the past. That question about how does NIL affect the locker room, that was one of the initial questions and concerns when NIL was created, right? When NIL was brought to the table, that was one of the initial issues was what happens when player A makes $500,000 and is told, you're the highest paid on the team, you're worth the most, blah, 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 we're going to pay you this, this is all we have. And then three weeks later, all of a sudden, here comes player B, and he's high profile, he's being, he's being hunted down by every team in the SEC, and all of a sudden this program just finds a million dollars somewhere, mm-hmm. and they pay player B. And so player A is like, what the heck? Where'd that money come from? I thought you told me I was worth the most. I'm making 500000 I'm not going to play with that guy. Screw him. He's making more than me, right? That was the initial concern. But to my knowledge, and it has happened, but I don't think that has happened to the extent that we thought it was going to yet. Big word there is yet. It very well could. And it has happened. Believe me, it's happened at Auburn. It's happened a lot of places. But I don't think that initial thought of, oh, locker rooms are just going to be destroyed because players are making all different types of money. And the argument, the rebuttal against that Uncle T-Bone was looking at professional sports teams and their locker rooms. Not everybody makes the same money on the Green Bay Packers and on the New England Patriots and on the Los Angeles Lakers. Everybody makes different amounts of money because everybody's worth a different amount. Now, the question then became, okay, can you teach 18 and 19-year-olds to understand that? Maybe or maybe not. But I don't think we've seen it to the extent that we thought it was going to be and kind of what John was was alluding to there. It very well could happen, though. No, I'm with you on that. I think a lot of these old-school coaches who didn't want to uh, embrace NIL, there really you didn't go. want it around, kind of built up these straw man-type arguments like, well, if this all goes down, you're going to see these locker rooms in revolt. You know, and just kind of create these boogeyman type arguments to try and scare people off of allowing NIL to go on. And it's been happening now for two or three. Let me ask you this, Jacob. Do you think back in the day that so-and-so might have got an envelope full of cash, not saying at any school, for a thousand bucks and somebody got a couple hundred or didn't get any at all? How did they handle it in the locker room then? Suck it up. You suck it up. I mean, if I was in charge the very first day you got to school, you had a week to do a book report. And I'd provide the book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And in that book, 
one of the things that I remember about it most was this kid getting fired up because he was only making like a quarter an hour working at this convenience store and getting worked to death. And so-and-so came along later and he was making 50 cents. Well, you agreed to the quarter. Hmm. We had an agreement and you were happy then. Why didn't you try and get more? Yeah. Yeah. Life's you know, just one big. Welcome to the real world, man. Life's just one big negotiation, Uncle T Bone. Instead of building up a straw man argument here, you might be building up an argument that this might even do these kids a favor. There you go. Because life ain't fair. Sometimes people are going to make more than you, and sometimes you're going to make more than them. You agreed to it. Be a man of your word. Take your money. Do your thing. Whatever it is. Be a good sport. If you can't handle it, get out. Life's not fair, and you know what I was told growing up, T-Bone? The fair's in August. That's a, such an Ohio statement. That's such an Ohio thing. Life's not fair. That's right, because the fair's in August, right? Also, oh, something that was brought up gracious. from Jordan was uh, the Ryan Williams thing. We'll wrap that up because then we'll come back and have our final segment yeah. about basketball. We got a phone call we'll get to as well. Look, Ryan Williams coming to Auburn is just like it, more than a cherry on top. That's the basic go-to saying. I mean, that's... That's the, that's the gold bar on top of the pile in the bank, in the vault, right? That is it. That's it. But I think more fans are starting to realize this, and it's hard to do because, again, in today's society, we want more, want more, want more. Look at what Auburn has done. Krista Clemente from Auburn 247 said this yesterday. You have signed the best, not just committed, signed the best wide receiver class in the history of Auburn football. Now, he also said that if you sign Ryan Williams, there's a pretty good chance that would become the best receiving class in the history of college football. Now, that's very nice. That's got a nice ring to it. But so does the other one. And I think we need to accept what we have and be thankful for what we have and then be grateful if you get more than that. And Auburn very well could. And that's this sweepstakes is not over for no, Ryan no. Williams. Let no, me just no. be very clear. This is not over. It will go down till the minute he sits down and puts pen to paper. I promise you that. A couple of thoughts on it real quick. If he really wanted to go to Alabama that bad, wouldn't he have already just committed? Wouldn't he have already recommitted? just gone up? Yeah, recommitted. Would he I mean if 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 Ryan Williams wanted to play for Kalen DeBoer in Alabama and you know he's getting a pile in IL money. Wouldn't he just go ahead and commit and start helping recruit players that are already on that roster with his, as a symbol of his commitment not to leave and the future is bright? I mean, I'm serious. So it just kind of, in the back of his mind, I have to wonder how much he really wants to go to Alabama and how much people in his circle, in his immediate circle, want him to go to Alabama. And that's just my theory. That's, I don't know. I'll say this about Auburn's recruiting class. Look, four of the best receivers they've ever signed all at once. Maybe the best. they got two transfers coming in, one from Georgia State, one from California. There's three to four other guys coming back. There's plenty of options. Auburn's going to be fine at receiver with or without Ryan Williams. But this just the cherry on top. For Alabama, it symbolizes that they're okay. The transition wasn't that big a blow. Hmm. We're still going to be a factor. For Auburn, it says, we're putting a knife in you now that Nick's gone. Which one's going to play out? 334-321-1390. We'll take our final break here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Got a phone call we'll get to when we get back. Final thoughts on Auburn basketball in Alabama coming up in Tuscaloosa tonight. That'll be in the final segment here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. 
are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 1067. Been a great show today. Tons of phone calls. Tons of great topics of conversation, uh, talking football, talking the new coaching hire for Auburn, talking Ryan Williams, talking mainly about Auburn basketball as they take on Alabama tonight in Tuscaloosa. We'll give you our final thoughts on that coming up in just a second, but let's get to the phone lines one more time. 334-321-1390. Spectre, got a minute or two, man. What are your thoughts on tonight's game? All right. Uh, here's the way I see it. Auburn should win this game convincingly. However, we're saying that Auburn's had a problem in the last five minutes of the second half, and I hope this doesn't come back to haunt them like it did in the I think it was the LSU game mm-hmm. where they scored up. They had a yeah. by twenty five, end up winning by ten. Mm-hmm. Yep, LSU but, made a uh, good run there at the end. But I just want to say that that they need to, to pay attention to that. If they have to, they need to get that, that third string. That third string game in there, I mean, played lights out against, yeah. against Mississippi, didn't they? I'm telling you, they played all right, didn't they? Yeah, they did. But anyway, I got to rush. Uh, I'll talk to you both Friday about the NIL, my comments on that. Love it. We'll hear you on Friday, Spectre. Thanks yeah, so much. Sounds good, Spectre. Thank you so much for getting in here late in the show. Auburn actually beat LSU 93-78 in that game. They pulled again, uh, pulled away late again, but LSU did get it down to eight points, I believe, when they hit – and they, they cut the lead by, like, I think we are up 28. Or 28 and, or 29, yeah. And they hit four threes all in a row in trips. And then that just completely swung the momentum of the game. And don't think for a second that Alabama can't hit threes like that all of a sudden out of nowhere on you. So, I'm with you. I know we don't have much time. I want to get my prediction in here. I've said it the last three games. I'm going to say it this game. The same score has been lucky for my Auburn Tigers. Auburn takes care of business in this game, 81-69. to Look, I'm looking over this Tennessee game that Alabama just played, and it was just the Mark Sears show. I mean, no one else showed up. I mean, he had like 22 points in 30 minutes in that game on a bum ankle. That kid can play. If I can see this and the rest of the world can see this, I promise you Bruce Pearl, Ira Bowman, Stephen Pearl, and the rest of that staff can see this. They're going to rotate people on him all night long and harass him. Auburn interior-wise is playing about as physical as anybody in college basketball, and Dylan Cardwell is going to run up and down and up and down that court as many times as possible. We're going to try and wear out Alabama just like we've done everybody else in waves. And you said it, Spectre, they had a C team. In the end of that Ole Miss game, how does that happen? It's because of the brand and style of basketball that Auburn plays. As long as we don't get in foul trouble early, Auburn takes care of business in this basketball game tonight. I think also Auburn's size is going to be a problem. Jani Broom, Dylan Cardwell need to have big games. There is no Betty Ocko anymore for Alabama. They do not have size. Auburn can get them inside, get some points, get some rebounds, get some fouls. They shoot free throws extremely well. So do the bigs. Jani Broom and Dylan Cardwell are knocking them down right now. The guard play is elite elite for Auburn on both ends of the floor and the fact that Auburn's an underdog in this game baffles me I think it's embarrassing that they would do that I think it is downright disrespectful that Auburn is an underdog and that's not because they can't lose they very well could but Auburn wins this game 
Not only does Auburn win and cover that spread like our friend Andy was talking about, if you're going to do that, you may as well sprinkle a little something on the money line too. And you know what, Uncle T-Bone? It's been a long time since I've done this. I feel good about it. I think Auburn goes to Tuscaloosa and they are going to shut down that team. They're going to send all 60 Bama fans home packing unhappy. I'm putting the JG guarantee on it. JG guarantee. Auburn wins this game tonight. They're going to win. Wrong team favored. JG guarantee here on January 24th, 2024. Boom! There it is. How's that taste, Tide? There you go. Auburn, Alabama, 6.30 start time over on Wings 94.3. Pre-game at 6 on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. We'll talk all about it tomorrow with Brad Law and Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. Uncle T-Bone, you'll be back on Friday, brother. Can't wait to get back in here. We will see you Friday. Everyone be careful out there. Got some storms rolling in. K-Bag, I know you're listening. You and Pops, be uh, careful hitting I-40. I-459 east out of Tuscaloosa this evening and bring him on through War Eagle. He's Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. Until next time, stay safe. I'll talk to you later.